This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. Uh, this week, we will be kicking off with Puppet Killer, following up with The Last Matinee and rounding off our feature reviews with Blonde Purple. Our short shot this week is Resignation Day, and we're going to round off with the DTV throwback, Robert Heinlein's Puppet Masters. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Puppet Killer. When he was a young boy, Jamie inherited two things from his mother before she tragically died of cancer. A love of gory, scary movies and Simon, a puppet who became his best friend. Many years later, Jamie takes his high school buddies back to his dad's cabin in the woods for a long weekend. Jamie hasn't been back there since his overbearing stepmother disappeared and Simon has been patiently awaiting his return. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure, I, I know Richard spotted this right from the off. There is a particular gimmick with this film, Steve, and I'm not talking about the yep. puppet. I'm talking, yep. about, talking about the casting. How much of an issue was this for you? Did you, did you sort of see the joke they were going for? Or, oh, know, yeah, straight it? away. Yeah. Yeah, straight away. As soon as, as soon as it showed him in the thing, it was like, hang on a minute. It was so confusing. Are they, are, are they going there? Are they, are they going there? And then, yeah, they, yeah, they went there. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking well, about is is Alex uh, Pornovich, who plays Jamie, um, supposed to be like eighteen years old in the last year of high school. Uh, Alex is fifty two years old. He's he's yeah. actually a month older <laughs> than me, um, and yet he's playing an eighteen. <clears throat> in fact, all the male characters in this are played by actors who are in their forties. Um, in all fairness, though. Mm -hmm. I think, he, uh, but at the time this was filmed, mm -hmm. I think he was probably only 50. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, it, it's it's poking fun at the fact that, you know, so many of these sort of so-called teen slashers are, 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 you know, populated with actors who are well into their 20s or even, even sometimes in their 30s. Um, so, so they just went for the extreme. Anyway, Steve, what did you make of Puppet Killer? I don't I had a really good time with this, actually. It's <clears throat> it is what it is. It's it's silly, it's gory, it's stupid. It's got. I mean, some of the performances are way over the top, but what it's supposed to be, you know. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't expect anything else from something with a name like Puppet Killer, to be mm. fair, you know. And yeah, it's just fun. Also, I'd like the. Um, Kind of the extended cameo about halfway through as well. Yeah. From yeah. certain sisters, which they're not listed on the IMDb. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're not actually in yeah. the... Um, yeah, they're not listed at all, which is interesting. Because no. I, I was I was thinking, is it them or is it two actresses playing them? You know, it was, it was, That's it was, what I thought yeah. at first. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, no, it is. It's, it's definitely <laughs> them. Definitely them. Um, okay, I've missed, I've missed the joke there because I don't know who they are. <laughs> Ah, uh, it, it's um, it's the sister uh, Soska twins. Oh, I was going to guess that that who that's who it might be, yeah, but yeah. because I've never seen them before, I didn't. I, no, I well, they cameo in all their own films, so 
Or do they? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen one of their films, to be honest. Oh, right, okay. I thought you did. Didn't you, didn't you see um, See No Evil 2? No, I've only seen the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did they do, do Rabid as well? Yes, yes. The, the, the remake yeah. of Rabbit. They do yeah, um, American Mary. Um, so, so the thing they're, they're they're sort of alluding to is um, Dead Hooker in a trunk with it with a you know their, their intro that they've killed their boyfriend yeah. or something. Um, it's quite amusing. Yes, yeah, so, so so yeah, the Oscar twins uh, turn up halfway through the film. No, I enjoyed it. It was just the right amount of fun, right amount of stupid, mm. right amount of gore. You know, really. Different, but well, no, it kind of sticks to the troubles, but it does it in a nice, fun way, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, Rich, over to you. What do you make of this? It's interesting because the it's 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 a, a horror comedy, uh, but really, it's only got two jokes, the two two sort of two main jokes. There are there are some there are jokes scattered through it, but it's not a comedy so much but the jokes are you know like you were saying the casting of the of this older guy which mm-hmm. i don't think it works i mean i know they're, they're potentially going for something there but it just doesn't quite fit it, it didn't i don't know if they needed to make more of it or something but anyway it didn't quite work i i sort of accepted him in the role eventually mm-hmm. and just sort of thought it was a bit weird but it, it, it didn't it wasn't funny you know um the uh and then the other side is it's a killer puppet, which we've seen done quite a lot in various iterations, or whether it's a killer puppet or a killer toy of mm. some description, you know, whether it's child's play or, um, you know, ventriloquist dummy, rather than doll, or what's the um, what magic was that a ventriloquist dummy? Yeah, magic? it was, yeah, 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 yeah. And stuff like yeah. uh, which happened, but basically, this is a killer Elmo movie, mm. uh, to, to, to all intents and purposes, and I liked. That stuff, I thought it was all cool. sort of uh, the lead in and build up was quite good. What I was impressed by was the kills and the sort of not just the kills, but the suspense and the surprise and the shocks, mm. you know, because mm. as soon as that first scene and you know, you get that first slice, I was like, oh, Jesus. I mean, you, you slice, you, you do a slice like that and it's going to get me anyway, you, but you can, you can it takes me it, all the way you, back yeah. to um, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Never forget that bit. Yeah. Anyway, the. Um, so I thought all that was very well handled. Uh, the uh, Simon, the mm. puppet, as the story develops uh, and stuff, his scenes were really good. That was a lot of fun. Lots of lot. Not I like the sort of nice little nods to to horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, the funny thing is, the film that came to mind when I was watching it was not a killer puppet movie. It was uh, it was a different movie um, uh, called One Eyed Monster. Mm. Which was a horror oh, comedy. Von um, Jeremy one. Yeah, so it's a horror comedy where the joke, there's basically only one joke, which is Ron Jeremy's penis is trying to kill people. And unfortunately, completely by coincidence, I came across a documentary on the BBC. This is, a, a, by the way, a documentary on the BBC just today, like yesterday, mm. which puts that film in a whole different light. <laughs> it's not as funny anymore. That that whole that whole concept is uh, pretty grotesque. <laughs> so so that's kind of uh, anyway. The, but the, that was the sort of thing I was thinking of. Was it's this? It's a film with kind of one one joke idea that sort of you know a horror movie. And it, it this I, I needed a bit more. But that said, I thought the things that worked worked really well. Um, 
I did. I like the cast. I like the um, uh, the banter and stuff between uh, them. Not all the time, but a fair amount of time. I think the, there's one of the blokes. Um, they do this thing where he's he's like chopping wood, and his girlfriend's coming up, sort of trying to come on to him or whatever, and he's just like not getting the signals at all, yeah. which was uh, which was hilarious. But I think I've seen him in basically playing similar roles in other movies before. Um, it, it it's uh, he was the only one in the cast that I actually recognised. But the uh, yeah, the, I think we've seen quite. This is a Canadian film. Uh, I think shot in Vancouver, uh, and we've seen quite a lot of really good horror coming out of Canada and uh, I don't think this is one of the best but it's certainly not one of the worst I'd put it up there with something like ankle biters mm. um, I, although I prefer mm. ankle biters I must I preferred their sober ankle biters um, I think you're right that you know it is a kind of a two-drag film um, there are a couple of things I, I, I did like it it kind of it does a good job of sort of wrong footing here a couple of times because it starts off trying to make you think it's all in Jamie's head. You know, sort of Jamie's on medication. Oh no, he's left his medication behind. It's mm. the anniversary mm. of his mother's disappearance, you know, his, his stepmother's disappearance. Um, and it's, it's like, well, okay, so it's in his head or isn't it in his head? And then it just goes, nah. Nah, it's not in his head at all. It's it's, it's a killer puppet, mm -hmm. <laughs> and everyone knows it's a killer puppet, you know, <laughs> all the way around, which I thought was really cool. Um, the other thing I like was um, was, was at least a couple of characters who realise they're in the setting of a horror film, if not in a horror film itself. Yes. Oh you know, yeah, it's a cabin yeah. in the woods, isn't it? And yeah, they keep it, making. Yeah. They keep making. There's one of the characters is walking around being the the uh, the Randy Meeks scream yeah. kind of character. Saying, he, "Oh, we should, we should, we don't, we, we don't want to do this because then we'll, we'll never see you again." Sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. But the whole thing were like, um, "Oh, look, I've got the car keys that in my front pocket." You know, so just yeah. make sure you remember that. So you know, that, that sort of thing. So otherwise, like, "Oh my God, who's got the keys? Where are the keys?" You know, the usual sort of thing. The Maybe kills are really good. Tokens. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The kills are really good. The the, the um, I thought the you know that the origin of Simon, as it were, as, as a sort of sentient demonic thing, I thought that was a bit rushed. You know, yeah. I, I wish they'd yeah. given that a bit, bit more time um, to develop. You know, but other than that, I thought it was very good. The ending as well, very obvious. Um, you know, you, you, you could see, you could sort of draw a map, and, and you could you could see where the, where it was heading right from the from the opening. But it does a good job of getting there. Um, yeah, the, the other cast member of, uh, worth mentioning is um, Jessica Cameron, who plays uh, his, his girlfriend, I believe, um, the, the blonde one. Um, she, she is actually a sort of, sort of scream queen in her own right. She, you know, she's been in loads of um, sort of low budget horror movies as well. Um, Truth or Dare is one in particular that she did sort of mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, pretty solid all around, I thought, over uh, this one. So, scores on the doors, guys, uh, starting with Steve. Um, I'll give it a seven. Mm -hmm. And Rich? Yeah, I'll go seven. Mm -hmm. yeah, seven. I'm going to join you on a seven. I thought this was, you know, it's a very entertaining, um, definitely worth checking out. The, the kills are surprisingly gruesome. I think, mm. you know, you, you, you might mm. think this might shy away from it, but, you know, there are some good sort of, uh, sort of gore effects going on on here. Um, so, definitely, three sevens for Puppet Killer. Go check it out.
our next review is The Last Matinee. It's a soaking wet day and rain pouring down, and one of the best things to do is to go seek refuge in a great old cinema. There's just one problem. A murderer is on the loose and is also taking refuge there. Uh, I love this. This this was right up my street. Um, <clears throat> right from the off, you know, with the, uh, the overhead camera work. Um, you know, the, just the way everything was lit was absolutely superb. Um, cinematography was great. You know, the, the color saturation, absolutely loved. And of course, all the gory kills. Um, it does take a nice, it, it, you know, it takes its time getting set up. Um, but, you know, establishing how many people are in the in cinema and things like that. But yeah, this this nailed it for me. Totally. Um, Steve, over to you. Um, it was okay. I just thought it was quite shallow, really, uh, mm. in the script. Because there's no real information as to why the killer's in there or what he's doing. He's just going around doing elaborate kills, basically. But you're right. I thought like a tribute to a Jallo, mm -hmm. um, you know that kind of style. I think is it set in the eighties? Yeah, I believe late eighties, nineteen ninety-three. I think. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, so you know, well nice before, throwback. yeah, well before mobile phones and all that sort of shit. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was a nice throwback to that. Um, the kills were good. The effects were makeup effects. Thought were great, and yeah, it was just that little. It's not explained or anything like that. I just kind of missed a bit of that, to be fair. But apart from that, yeah, it was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Rich, I think this is the first Uruguayan film we've covered on the show. I think so, yeah. I don't, mm. I don't recall any others. Mm. I've done mm. a few sort of South American ones before. Mm. Um, sort of kickboxing movie, uh, sort of MMA stuff and whatnot. But, uh, I believe this is the first film from Uruguay. So yeah. that's, that's, that's uh, worthy of note for a start. How did you make... Uh, what do you make of this one? I think it's, it's funny. We've done, we've basically got two slasher movies this week by coincidence. Mm. And this is a very interesting contrast to Puppet Killer because they're both kind of doing similar things, but in the completely different ways. You know, they're both throw, you know, nods and throwbacks mm. and whatever. Mm. And this one is a much more stylish affair. You know, it's not comical at all, though there are comic moments, but uh, it's not, you know, rare. Hmm. it's 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 very it's very serious and sort of da uh, dark film so yeah it's more it's hmm. it is the giallo influence it's much more of a typical slasher with a giallo influence i would say rather than yeah. a full-on giallo yeah. um the, the giallo stuff is more the the sort of cr the craziness of the killer and the, and the, the, the focusing on the gloves and yeah. uh, you know the camera yeah. work and the coloring and, yeah. and plus stuff. The, plus the cast is a lot younger than you'd find in a jello yeah well mm. yeah uh i don't know the, the cast of suspiria was quite young wasn't it yeah or was that normally <laughs> classed as a jello i thought it was a jello well kind of not really a jello no but... is it not okay fair enough i don't know jello very well i'll be honest right, I, right. I know it's generally like yeah um, masked glove killer is is, is usually yeah, yeah usually uh, yeah. dario argento trauma that sort of stuff is what i think of right sort of elaborate very elaborate sort of you, usually there's a, a a sort of artistic person who's investigating it who sort of gets embroiled into into it i don't know so yeah, that's, it's sort of missing that element as well. Yeah, an investigator, like uh, the, the card player, that's another one I think mm. of with uh, Liam Cunningham. Mm -hmm. the, um, 
So, are you telling me there's only one way in and out of this cinema? <laughs> Come on. It's like he shuts the door. He like shuts the shutter at the front and there's nowhere else they can go. There's no emergency exit. Um, well, who, who knows what the safety yeah. standards are in Uruguayan cinema? Well, you know. there you go. Um, yeah, it's a it's a proper old fashioned cinema. It's quite nice. There's a lot of nice setup. You know, mm. it's all projector projectors and stuff mm. uh, up in the projection room. The cast's quite good, but yeah, that you you got to it, it does you got to park a lot of um, what you got you got to put a lot of um, uh, suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. I mean. People are getting killed in the same auditorium. Mm. You're telling me none of these people are screaming or making any noise whatsoever that's going to draw the attention of the other yeah. people in the, in the audience. Okay, it's a big auditorium and they're very much spaced out, mm. but they, they're just not observing whatsoever. I mean, or, well, or picking for, up. For example, yeah, for, for example, yeah. the um, you know the, the the teenager who goes down the front to see the Brooke Shields girl, mm. you know, and they start kissing and. and get impaled you know his friends are up on the balcony watching them yeah, they've got you an know, overhead view they've got an overhead <laughs> view and, and you know it just happens that you know they don't spot them getting killed by this guy you know or even notice that well they seem to be kissing for a very long time yeah. you know? <laughs> i'm but, not saying yeah. i didn't enjoy it because hmm. i did i mean it's it's yeah it, it take it took me a while to get through it because i had lots of distractions or whatever but mm. i kept coming back to it and i was interested i thought it was very well shot um good characters and stuff i i think it's too long because mm. for me that final act was just too drawn out i felt like the film was ready to finish at like 70 minutes mm. But it, you know, 60, 70 minutes, it was it was pretty much done. But it, it was like, oh my god, there's like 20 more minutes left, and it's like <laughs> it becomes like a, a yeah. long sort of chase around kind of thing. Got to escape again, yeah. again and again, and, yeah. it, and it's a very limited space. There's only like, you know, the lobby and the and the you know the auditorium itself and the projection room, and they kind of move between just and the back or back 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 part of the cinema behind <laughs> the screen and stuff. There's there's not a lot, um, but. Yeah, f f you know, suspension of disbelief and everything required aside, I do think it's worth watching. I think I think it's coming on Arrow, isn't it? Um, and mm. it's I think it's I think it will do really well. I think a lot of people will catch interest. They're, now, the, uh, one of the interesting things I found there's a film showing at the cinema. And yes, I was thinking, is yeah. this something they made for the movie? Because they show a lot of it. I mean, there's a mm. there's a fair few minutes of screen time is actually yeah. just sort of focusing on this film. No, it I was, was actually a film. Yeah, that was I, released. I, I was wondering because it's mm. it's got a nice grain to it. You know, it, it, it that whole thing did remind me back in the day, back in the nineties, uh, when I was working in London, I used to go to the Scala Cinema mm. in in King's Cross, yeah. which, was, which was a repertory cinema, and you, you would sort of get films like this sort of coming through. You know, it was sort of quite grainy sort of prints. You know, sort of being battered around and I was, I was looking at this thinking that you know it kind of reminded me of the sort of Paul Nashy sort of you know the Spanish sort of werewolf movies mm -hmm. and then, then it turns out that no, it's, it's a film called Frankenstein Day of the Beast and it was made in 2011 yeah <laughs> so that's <laughs> probably about 20 years before the sorry 20 years after the film set but you know yeah. it looks it looks brilliant for the period you know it, it does it really does sort of fit in with the aesthetic of what they're going for yeah, I think you're right. Although it does seem an odd film that, that that all these people would be going to see, because it's not. It's it's kind of it is so dated looking that you. It's more like 
it's because it's all shot in English as well. It's like um, it's got it this is kind a good of American film, yeah. Uh, well, I think the I think it's also Spanish, mm. um, because the oh no, it says country of orange in the United States. Yeah. The um, the I don't know if you discovered this, but mm. the director of that film mm. is the killer. Yeah, Ricardo. He's less, yeah. yeah, and he's like a him and oh, the direct, okay. director, him and the director of this film, which is also known as Red Screening, and also uh, what's it called, Bl- uh, Bloody Matinee. That's another name for yeah. it, um, you know, translate title. Um, but yeah, th- so they've got a relationship, and they get <laughs> so he plays the killer what in the theater of of the movie <laughs> while they're showing the cinema, showing his movie. You know, I thought it was quite a little, you know, great little sort of in joke yeah. stuff going on there. It's it's interesting, you know. You you sort of say it's it's weird that you know people would be going to see this film, but you know, for example, you got you got the um the the, the guy going on a date with the girl, yeah, and and he yeah. has the you know literally he's where he said, hey, let's go see a movie, you know, he, he hasn't actually sort of checked to see what film it is, <laughs> you know, and just like you you invite me to see a film, you didn't even know what it was. That's weird, which is quite funny. Um, and, and the other guys are just sort of like snuck in, haven't they? Basically. So yeah, yeah it's weird. But, yeah, you got yeah. an old man, a vagrant, uh, and uh, some kids. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, there's a, there's it's a, it's a very sparsely attended screening. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like um, yeah. So it, I think the the film that they're watching is kind of really not the point. It's kind of that's kind of just an in joke in itself mm. that yeah. they're showing that film. But, but it fits. In, it, does, in film, it, it really does fit the sort of film yeah. itself. So. And okay. I really liked the um, the you know the final girl and the and the actually the other girl because the um, you know the the annoying sort of kids who were having mm. a drink and then they sneak inside and stuff. The the girl in the group, yeah. you know the way the, what happened you know as as the film develops, I thought she was a really strong performer and uh, also and as as well as the, possibly even better than the than the the main. Uh, heroine right. of the film in, yeah. in some respects so I thought they although I did get them confused at a couple of points because they look quite similar but they uh, I thought they were I thought the cast was good I did, that girl, <laughs> there's the, there's this girl uh, you or young lady uh, mm. who's just like a total bitch <laughs> she's just smoking in the cinema oh, and you know just yeah. being really, just I said, <laughs> she was she was like a, she was a nightmare but um, what was funny the funny bit where she's you know halfway through the film she goes Oh yeah, I got to go to my aunt's birthday party. I forgot, and I was like, you know, is 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 she actually just trying to ditch her boyfriend? You know, it's like oh, this this date ain't working out. But then she sort of not only sticks around, but sticks around. If you see what I mean, <laughs> it was just quite amusing. So yeah, it's difficult to read that one. I thought, but there you go. Yeah, it's a um. So yeah, what do you reckon? Scores on the doors. I I I really like this. Um, you know, that you've you've pointed out a few things which kind of pass me by i must admit but I, I i would like to own a copy of this on blu-ray so i'm hoping that um our, you know that hopefully this is not just going to our streaming service and actually going to put out a physical version um yeah I'll, I'll definitely sort of take a copy um so yeah i'll give this a high seven how about you steve uh, i'll go with six mm-hmm. and rich <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna go another seven cool so two sevens and a six for the last matinee coming out from arrow shortly go check it out (laughs) 
our next review is Blonde Purple. When a bank heist goes horribly wrong, an inexperienced and naive criminal finds himself trapped inside the bank with a young hostage and a sarcastic negotiator at the other end of the phone. What on earth got him here? Right. Two hours long, guys, this thing. Over two hours long. Yeah, over, over, over two hours, six hours ten. Indeed. The thing is, you think if you think back to sort of Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. as it, as if he's disappeared, as, as you, you will know, a lot when you're watching this film. When you're watching this film, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, yeah. you know, Quentin Tarantino, he drew upon, or he draws upon a lot of different influences in making his films. He, you know, he, he someone described him once as like a, a, a DJ sort of, sort of doing remixes and sort of you know little samples from here and there, sort of coming up with his own sort of you know, his own style. And and mostly it works. You know, some of it is a bit jarring, but it works. The thing is, as we discovered with Habit um, the other week, there are a whole new generation of filmmakers who can't see the wood for the trees. They see Quentin Tarantino without realizing that he is standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, they just see that and go, yeah, I want to be him. And the films are agonizingly tedious. I mean, seriously. I uh, I mean, where do you start? Where? Yeah. Really? Steve, tell me, how do you start with this? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was just jumping all over the place. I will give it credit Terms. for one thing. I'll give it credit for one thing. One. It doesn't use in media res. Ah, no. but you thought it did, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I really did. I absolutely <laughs> did think that. Because I wrote it down. I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I will give it that. I mean, it does start like you think it's in, in media res, but it turns out that, you know, the film starts after the robbery. Hmm, wonder what that's like. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, you're having to deal with this, this uh, uh, negotiator guy on the phone. And I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, now we're going to jump back. You know, it's going to go previously, but it doesn't. That is the present. And yes, we do get extended flashbacks to other stuff. But, you know, it's not leading up to that point. It's just embellishing bits in the past. So kudos for not yeah. going down the in-media res route. But there you go. Steve, back to you. But <laughs> it's totally, it's all over the place. Mm. You've got the drama in the bank and then you've got, the bits in the in the the diner, how, how this diner's like connected to everybody, and everybody's seen each other in there and stuff, and like the bit where about the gun, the fucking gun. Yes. Are you talking about the late final act introduction of of of, yeah. of, of like you, extra characters? When you suddenly going, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Literally, you're watching this, just it, going. Yeah. Where the fuck have these people come from? Yeah, it's, it's so like, bizarre. It's like a fucking knockabout comedy at that point. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? And it's it's so fucking long and tedious and pretentious and just fucking... Bull- I mean, there's a scene where they're like getting the gang together and they're going on about, you know, movies and films. Oh, and Johnny Depp versus Nicolas Cage. Yeah. It's like, it's 20 fucking minutes or something. It's like, you really don't need that kind of shit in there. 
No. And, you know, this um, parole officer who's supposedly such a, a badass that she killed a kid and them. Mm. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, it. Black Lives Matter and. Oh, for God. yes. The, I mean... the teller, the bank clerk, he's hiding in the toilet. He's just a racist motherfucker. And he, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to say. And that's that's I'm the main so point. So glad you said that because I was going to lead off with that. And I was glad I didn't. But but yeah, you're absolutely right. But the whole thing, you know, the, that whole that whole the, the sort credits, of pop, pop, yeah. The credits, it's you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Rodney King getting beat up, even goes to um, George George Floyd. Is it? Mm. I can never yeah, yeah, yeah. George Floyd. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, but I don't. So you think it's going to be like a, hmm. like a powerful racial drama or something like that? And, and it's completely not. It's just like I said, tonally, it's all over the place. I mean, yeah. also as well, it was all right. It was shot. Okay. Sorry, you you you, you um you, you you drifted out there for a minute, Steve. Sorry, if I'm right, it was shot in the UK. Yeah. Right. But set in America, mm-hmm. and you've got, like I say, you've got all these characters being American and all of, and then there's a Cockney pops up, and another Cockney pops up. Yeah, it's like the periodically just... throughout the film, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's like, well, could they not do a convincing American accent, or, or did they just... just forget? They didn't yeah, get the notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So oh, it, it's it, crazy. Yeah, it's frustrating is yeah. what it is, yeah. yeah. So, so, Rich, over to you. Um, I know okay. you've got notes here. <laughs> yeah, so it starts, as, as you guys uh, said, it starts with an opening title sequence, which is quite um, novel in itself because you actually don't get a lot of movies with opening title sequences lately, and it sort of sets, sets the groundwork. And, and, yeah, it does... It is very much a civil rights, Black Lives Matter, you know, even showing... George, you know, it's... it's you know, it's heavy stuff to be introducing, and you know, is it is it appropriate to to really sort of um, you know include an animation of you know George Floyd yeah, being, being, being yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. if you um, if you you you've got to be careful with that sort of thing, I think, and I don't think this film does that sort of does that justice. No, into mm. it's it, it it, but moving on from that, okay, we we find ourselves in this very simple bank setting. Which mm-hmm. is like a really, really not very interesting sort of cheap looking set. Could be any office, yeah. With yeah, yeah office sort of set with um, two characters and a red feature wall, which just which basically says bank on it, mm-hmm. which just really really got to great annoy me as as the film goes on because it's such an uninteresting setting. Uh, it just doesn't really work. But the dialogue I thought was interesting, and after he stopped, you know. Going oh, 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 for the first for the first five minutes, mm. you know, because he's you know he's in despair. This this guy who's who's caught up in this mm. um, criminal act. Um, I thought the dialogue was quite interesting, quite spiky, quite spot, you know, quite interesting. I was I was getting David Mamet kind of vibes, and I was like, okay, fair enough. But then you realise, you know, it, it's not long before, as 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 you already said, where you get to this scene where they're talking about. Um, film directors and, and or film actors and actors, mm. I should say, 
and um, Nicolas Cage and, and Johnny Depp and stuff. And, and it's just full on Tarantino. He's just right. This is full on Tarantino mm. now. And, and the Tarantino influences abound. I mean, not only is the concept itself a, a nod to Reservoir Dogs, but I mean, you could say the title is because the thing about the, the thing about this this title doesn't really make any sense. No. It's like random words, and that was the mm. that was what Tarantino went for of Reservoir Dogs. It doesn't mean anything. He just he just chose something completely nonsense to use yep. it for some reason, and uh, that that seems to be what he's gone for here. So yeah, it's full on Tarantino, but it's it's that Tarantino Guy Ritchie kind of hybrid thing which everyone was doing. Yes. Back in the ago. back in the nineties yeah. and whatever, and it's just like here we go again. It's quite unbelievable, and that isn't to say I disliked it because overall, because I think there there were bits I liked. Unfortunately, the central plot, the central bit with that uh, the red feature wall, um, you know, set mm. all that stuff, I was much less interested. I thought the the um, the asides, um, you know, the flashbacks and and whatnot. Some of that was really interesting, really nice locations, really nicely shot. It was, it's all internal. There's not a lot of exteriors in this movie. Um, but it was, I'll tell you what it was bringing to mind. It was some of the um, Saints and Savages stuff that we watched, mm-hmm. uh, which was also British, you know, British gangster sort of influence stuff, you know, sort of quirky characters. And yeah, but that up. had its own style. But I think this did in a certain respect. Uh, I mean, there uh, was that. I, I mean, I, I really liked Jennifer Lee Moon as Seda, although yes. I was thinking, I was thinking, why is, why is she English if she's a parole officer? And I mean, I'm sure there are. There probably yeah. are, you know, expats and whatever who are doing that. It just sort of seemed a bit weird. But um, yeah, she was really strong from, from that first thr- flashback scene, which you think is like where you've gone from in media res or something. Mm. But it actually turns out to be a flashback. From that first bit, she's like a really strong, interesting character. They kind of over-egged it a bit, you know, made it a bit cartoonish, but I really liked all that. The guy I liked, the performer I liked most was uh, Adam, uh, Adam Byrne, Adam Bernard, Adam Bernard mm-hmm. as Nath. And he's got the, some of the craziest, most flowery dialogue of the, of, the, of the movie, but he really sells it. And I really liked him. I thought, I thought that was, I thought he did a hell of a performance and uh, he's done a couple of other things. There was a film called Precognition which he was the lead in, I think, which I'm really interested yeah. to check out because I've never seen him before. Uh, and he got, I, I was, I don't know, who's, who's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, in Revolver, um, pop star who was... Oh, um, Andre 3000. Yeah, Andre, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was around a bit of him, you know, because I thought he had a fantastic presence and whatever. Um but yeah, it just sort of keeps going back to this hostage situation, which, which it, at times it's interesting, but most of the times it's kind of flat. And then it kind of comes to this, it comes to a point where, you, you well, it comes to a point where you're not really sure what the point is mm-hmm. because it's, it's yeah. doing this, you know, as I said, with the opening with the George Floyd and everything, they, he's trying to do Tarantino and a bit of Guy Ritchie, but also Spike Lee. And I think the Spike Lee is just not working. You know, this isn't like Inside Man or, or, or you know, anything. This is, It's just not, it's just not really, it's not that good. And it's too long. You know, it's two hours, 10 minutes. It's way too yeah, long. Sure. You cut it down. That aside, that whole aside about the gun, it's funny. I mean, uh, the guy with the beard is Richard Sandling. Uh, I recognise him from uh, the, as the villain from Night Shooters, which, and I thought he was brilliant mm. in that. And he's, and he's yeah. really funny in this. 
but it, it's not it wasn't necessary it's they didn't really need that bit right. at no. all um no. by the time he turned up i was expecting simon phillips to turn up yeah mm -hmm. i mean i thought why not why, why not have simon phillips turn up now as, as another cockney gangster because it had just gone off on such a tangent it was yeah. ridiculous um, i was getting i was i was alternating between being quite absorbed and impressed by some bits and just being kind of exasperated with some of the self-indulgence and uh, you know scenes that just didn't engage me at all and unfortunately most of those were the ones involving the guy at the bank. now uh, funny enough the, the, the guy in the bank the main the main character of the film yep. he really reminded me of the mm. guy in um in settlers do you remember that one which was yeah. funnily enough that was that was also a film about the you know well, at least part of it was about the relationship between this mm. old you know older guy and this sort of teenage girl and and you know there was there was a similar kind of relationship here i, I just don't think this one worked not that he was entirely he wasn't bad i mean i didn't mind him but it was there was some of it was i don't think he had a lot to work with in some of the scenes he was just like right you've got to be you've got to be distraught for like five minutes just sort of wing it <laughs> you know yeah. kind of thing. it's just like there was nothing there was there wasn't really any sort of scripting and stuff and and there was some nice stuff that was happening with um uh the girl ellie ellie uh, binman's character no, there uh, well there, there kind of was i quite, <laughs> I like, quite like them really you know when they she goes off to the toilets or whatever and they show it from one bit and then they go back and they actually oh so actually what you thought was happening there was something different happening i like that I thought that worked quite well. But was that, again, was that necessary? I mean, I know it was setting something up that was going to come into play in the third act. Mm. But, well, it sets up a couple of things, but it's 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 baggy, you know? It's very baggy. And, yeah. you know, maybe we've been too harsh on it, but I don't, I don't think so. The The thing is, yeah. there are some there are some good scenes, you're right. Um, the whole thing with getting the gun, and what you know happens between Seder and, and Lisa and, and Nath, um, that totally destroys any sympathy I had for the main character. You got halfway through the film, you know, you're thinking, "Oh my God, how, how has how has he got into this this bad situation?" You know, he's, he's this sort of inexperienced guy. And everything's gone south for him. I wonder how he's got to get out. You get to the halfway point, I'm thinking, fuck this guy. This guy deserves no sympathy for anything else that happens in this film. So fuck him. You know, let the police come in and 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 take him as for all I care. You know, I was more interested from that point on than any of the sort of flashback sequences. I didn't care for anything that happened to him in the present day. Well, the thing is, he, he mm. goes on at, at various points about how he had a hard life and all this stuff and stuff. But none of the flashbacks really, no, no, but none of the flashbacks yeah. really sort of they don't sell it. No. Help that, you know. It's kind of we meet him at this particular point in he, time. Well, well, the thing is, you know, he, he, he gives this speech about mm. sort of like, oh, you know, you, you know, those, those flats over there, you know, bad shit happens in there. I wanted to sort of help, and then, but eventually, I just went, oh, fuck it, I want a car, you know. And that's all he's done it for. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason he's in that bank. He wants enough money to buy his stupid bloody car. You know, that's his only motivation. And, you know, he's killed people to get there, basically. So, no, fuck him. He's, he's dead. He's dead to me from, from, the, from the midway point onwards. But there you go. There are a couple of interesting bits. Well, I mean, there's one interesting bit, okay, 
the cops. You never see any of the cops at all. No. You've, got, you've got the negotiator on the phone mm. and you've got a detective um, interviewing Nath because it mm. turns out Nath's got something, a secret to hide. <clears throat> and you only ever see him, you only see him like from the waist down or, or you know, the chest down. You don't you yeah. never see the guy's face. So that was interesting. Yeah, I like that. I quite like that. Um, but you know what I was saying the other week about bad guys, you know, sort of drug dealers or sort of, you know, these people having to have a speech, you know, some sort of monologue that they can sort of bring out. And that's oh, they're exactly all doing what, monologues. <laughs> that's exactly, I know, but yeah. he actually, he does actually practice his. Yeah, there's, there's this whole bit where he's sort of repeating it back to the, as it's, you know, this detective and the detective has to correct him on, on um, you know, the fact that it was Octavian and not Octavius that um, sort of Caesar left his empire to and stuff like that, which I thought was quite amusing. Um, but again, it's this whole thing. It's fucking monologues, man. It's like, you know, and, and that's at the end of the day, this is what this film felt, felt for me. It felt like a film student's film. It felt like somebody flexing their muscles in in, in film school. Yeah. So well, they're trying to go for that same. I think they, again, it's all that Reservoir Dogs influence, isn't it? It's like the, you, the we know the police are outside, but we never see them or anything. You know what? You know, you know what this really boils down to, guys. Hmm. We're too old. We've seen too many films. Okay, a whole new generation have never heard of fucking Tarantino. Never seen one of his films. That old guy? No, I haven't seen him. That's the stuff my dad watched. Mm. They, they might, they might watch this and go, "Shit, that's good," you know. And it'd be old folks no. like us going, "You're kidding, right? You have to check out this film." They go, "Get away from us, old man, with your bloody sort thirty-year-old films." So yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> no, going back to the Tarantino thing, but the whole, the whole, even you know, we got the the diner stuff. I mean. That's straight Pulp Fiction. Oh, it's just, it's just, it is. It's just yeah. completely cribbed. I mean, it's, it's, pop, like, it's isn't it? Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it weird? Isn't it wacky that all these characters happen to, you know, pass each other in the same diner on the same street in the same day? Wow, what a crazy world this is! And and we've got a, we've got a black guy who listens to country music and wears a cowboy shirt. Woohoo! There you go. Yeah, it's got a quirky soundtrack as well, isn't it? If I recall correctly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I hated it. I mean, I did like. I think it was. If it was, I don't mind a Tarantino ripoff. I mean, I've watched quite, I've watched loads of them. Uh, I don't mind. Got, you know, Guy Ritchie ripoff or whatever. I'm, I don't mind. I mean, as long as it's not too, as long as it's not pretentious, as long as it's kind of upfront about what it is. Whereas this seems to just sort of be, I don't know, mm. just trying to, trying to pretend that those things aren't a thing oh, yeah. and just try as if it's like an original concept or something. It, and the, and yeah, the dialogues, exactly. Even, I mean, a lot of the dialogue, I mean, you mentioned Guy Ritchie again, you know, a lot of it just, I, could, like I said, I mentioned, I think I mentioned it earlier, revol- some of it just feels like Revolver. Mm. You know, that was kind mm. of a film which didn't do a lot of exteriors because um, it was playing with things and, you know, it was a bit, that was a bit up itself as well. But, you know, that was all sort of, elaborate conversations wasn't it and uh in a in a sort of a very uh, you know guy Ritchie and tarantino are sort of interchangeable at times they they both kind of do similar things and this is kind of a it's just 
putting those two things together like a ball of putty or whatever and like rolling it up and uh, mm. and then just sort of laying it out and then you know using a cookie cutter and sort of saying this is a look at this look at this homemade biscuit that, <laughs> that i've made or, or whatever it is just like, do you know what i mean it's like the dough yeah. they've, they've put it all together and they're tr- it's 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 not original it's completely derivative it's a bit up itself but at times i liked it fair enough what are you going to score it then rich I think because there's just too much against it, I'm going to have to go a six on this one. All right, Steve? Five. A five. I scored it a five and I wrote a review the other day, but I'm going to stick with that. So two fives and a six for Blonde Purple. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Resignation Day. A young hitman wants out from the crime world after being asked to perform the impossible. Unfortunately for him, his boss, a wine connoisseur and Cliff Richard fan with psychopathic tendencies and a dog called Horace, isn't quite ready to hand him his P45. Uh, Rich, we saw this one um, in the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. um, Yes, we did. Earlier this year. Uh, it's it's a very off kilter film, um, pretty wacky, um, um, but but very enjoyable, very entertaining. Uh, but first, Steve, what do you make of this one? Yeah, it's he's off his head, isn't he? Really, that guy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> typical one, you know. Hitman wants to get out, and then it all goes wrong. But what? What the fight scenes were good. Um, the action was pretty good. But what surprised me was the ending. Yeah, because it was quite dark, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Yep. Didn't expect it. Now I was, I'm wondering if it's gonna. There's gonna be a, a second one or hmm. or what? I don't know where he's not dead and he's going after him to get his girl back or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I especially like the bit with the um, the umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> That, that bit was, but that's what it is, you know. It, there's there's quite a lot of humor peppered, peppered through it, and mm. it, it, it tonally, I thought it worked quite well to be fair. Unlike Blonde Purple, where it was just all over the place or whatever. But this one, I think that the switches in tone and the humor that came into it did work really, really well. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it starts with the antagonist, you know, um, and because you don't know which way it's going to begin with. You've got this guy in this all mm. very well-to-do house getting ready for his day. And then he goes outside and just whacks some guy over the head with his cane, you know, and he, what the fuck yeah. is going on there? Um, yeah, and it turns out actually we're still be fought with following the bad guy uh, for a bit before um, finding out what's happened to who who is going to turn out to be the, quote, good guy. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it is very enjoyable. And it's, as you say, it, it does sort of um, defy conventions how you expect this sort of thing to play out. Obviously, this guy's got plans, and they just do not go to, go the way he, he expects at the end. Uh, Rich, we'd seen this one before. Um, did it stand up for a second viewing? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when we, we it's shot in a, it's a, it's a lovely widescreen. And we we were lucky enough to, as you say, see it on a cinema screen. So it looked really good. It's it feels more like a 
it feels like a proper little movie it's 18 minutes mm. long but uh, you know it's really really well shot great locations um it it, it starts out, it, it's got this uh mansion like mansion uh house with you know mm-hmm. lots of grounds and whatever it looks fantastic uh we go inside we see the guy um you know doing his exercises and want to get getting ready for his day you know it really takes in the um the the production value that the building you know mm. gives it uh, it's it's funny because you know we've just talked about a movie that you know is clearly influenced by tarantino and guy Ritchie, and, and kind of here we are again i mean this one's very guy Ritchie, i would say um uh, directed by um adam brazil uh, sorry adam basil and uh, adam bradshaw mm-hmm. or brashaw sorry uh, adam brashaw's uh, youtube account is the uh, or youtube channel i should say is where the film is has been released now um uh, one of them is the, basically that's the the hero and the villain of the movie so we got um uh, adam basil is the is the the big bad guy arthur and uh, adam brashaw is james the uh, assassin the or, or hitman robots character so really high i mean they've made quite a few uh, i know adam brashaw has made quite a few uh, short films uh, previously uh, so you can find some of those on his channel as well but i think this is definitely the most accomplished one uh, it's they've you know they've they've got some really interesting music choices in it uh, uh, cliff richard as uh, as steve met uh, or i think uh, mike you mentioned cliff mm-hmm. richard being in there mm-hmm. and um uh, Barry White as well but it's kind of a film it's, it's a film that really s- subverts your expectations I mean it, it starts off and you think right it, 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 we're about to see like this guy get a kick in mm. and no what you what you get is a series of like snapshots and stuff it's really creative and that's a, and then mm, yeah. the typical kind of plot of uh, of the hitman who, who you know doesn't want to do the job kind of unfolds and we get a fantastic martial arts fight sequence on a boat see yeah. really great brilliant choreography real highlight for me that bit um and then we've got we keep cutting back to the we keep cutting back to arthur and he's sort of weird you know torturing bad guy you know torturing people kind of situation so he's got a couple of guys you know he's got them wrapped up with um uh grenades and that and he's you know he's doing that typical get you know comedy gangster thing of having a bit of banter with and you know with uh with one of his sidekicks and and stuff and uh there's a bit later where he's talking to this he's talking about italy and stuff to a guy who <laughs> i thought was deep roy but it's not it's kieran shah who when i looked up his his wikipedia page it said often gets confused for deep roy <laughs> and i thought it was quite funny um so he that, that he was and he was quite funny he only has like a little bit in it but that's quite so the cast's really good as steve said the ending like some of the other previous parts of the film really subverts your expectations it just doesn't end the way you think it's gonna and i think it's what it's one of the best um yeah i'd say it's one of the best short films i think i've seen this year and i've seen a lot um Mm. i I, I definitely think it's up there in terms of in terms of quality in terms of story um uh and in terms and, and in terms of the performances as well yeah i have to agree with that it's it's mm. um it has got its, its own sort of signature style mm. um for sure it's, you know he, he don't he, even though as you say you know you could, could say yeah it's a guy richie in there um but the dialogue's really really good um yeah the visual style is very good there's a whole bit at the end when he's given that speech about sort of like um you know oh 
you, you could lift, you could be, you could rob, you can steal, you can kill people, you could live to a hundred, you know, you could be a good person, you could die next week, sort of thing. You know, th th there's no guarantee. I thought that was sort of really cool. Um, and and the ending, yeah, the ending's brilliant. It just sort of like totally sub subverts what you expect. So we don't score the shorts, um, but we certainly recommend them. And you will find a link in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Robert Heinlein's The Puppet Masters. The Earth is invaded by stingray-shaped aliens that ride on people's backs and control their minds. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, I remember sort of seeing it when it came out on, on DVD or VHS, as it was back then. And it was pretty good. I mean, this this was this sort of predates um, the X-Files, I believe, doesn't it? Uh, just well, actually, it's a year after the X Files. Is it right? Okay. So there are there is an X Files influence in this film. Yeah, I think. Def definitely. You know, you got you got this sort of um, the Maverick sort of agent mixed with the um, you know the, the sort of the scientist, but, uh, but the sort of roles are reversed. You know, so she's the one who actually who believes in aliens and he doesn't until faced with it. Uh, great cast: um, Donald Sutherland, Eric Tao, um and it's sort of a few other faces that are very familiar that I can't put the names to, um, including um, Detective Munch from, um, oh, what was that series? He, he was in two series, wasn't he? Um, oh, great dead air. <laughs> he was in one of the Law and Order series, and also <clears throat> there's another series. Um, no, it's gone. I'll have to come back to that. Anyway, um, Steve, had you come across this on before? I remember it coming out, uh, but I'd never watched it. And it was a lot different than what I thought it was going to be, to be fair. Hmm. Um, I don't know why. I remember seeing, you know, I've seen the poster and stuff like that, and I just didn't really grasp what kind of film it was. I think it was night was it night four when it came out yeah so um but I actually really enjoyed this it was nice to see practical effects for for, for once hmm. you know before all the CGI kicked in and stuff like that and I actually thought the aliens did look quite quite effective in a way and I thought it, it built up tension quite well the only thing you know it was like swap it here. They keep, <clears throat> excuse me, the swapping in the alien, you know. Mm. It was like, oh, it's on her now. It's on him now. It's on her now. Well, we found another one on her and stuff like that. But it just kept it kept the tension simmering nicely. And I mean, obviously, you know, it's kind of, you know, derivative of like Invasion of Body Snatchers, which I was quite surprised. You know, it's basically Donald Sutherland reprising his role again, really. But <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, no, I did actually actually really enjoy it. I thought it was really good. Cool, um, Steve. Sorry, uh, Rich. I know you've seen this before. Yeah, I had. I hadn't seen it since I saw it when it came out, and it left mm. an impression. But it, it, the 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 funny thing is, it came round. It was made, and it came out around the same time as Body Snatchers, mm. which was by Abel Ferrara, which was yeah. the, the yeah. third version uh, of uh, Invade of. In, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing was that Donald Sutherland, instead of choosing to appear in Body Snatchers, 
appeared in this one instead. <laughs> so so, so, so it's was, it was a bit odd. But they're both. I think they both went uh, straight to video here, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I can't yes. find a yeah, verification yeah. on that. But um, I mean, Body Snatchers, the Abel Ferrara one, was really is really memorable, mainly for the where you're going to run scene. Yeah, uh, which is uh, with Meg Tilly, which I think it's Meg Tilly. Um, yes, it's, yeah. it's, which is fantastic. This one's got a bit more of scope, I think. Um, uh, it's much more procedural, as you say. Um, it came. It, I don't know how much has been changed from the book, but it does. It is very kind of X Filesy in terms of you know it's got kind of the X Files movie before the X Files movie. You know, it's mm. uh, it's 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 kind of setting up the characters. The characters are a bit different. There, um, it was. I, this is on Disney Plus now, and it was really nice to, for the first time, to see it in its full widescreen, because I'd only ever seen it on the pan and scan VHS. It's really nicely shot, directed by Stuart Orme, whose name I'm not really that familiar with, but I looked it up, and this is basically one of the few feature films he's directed. But he's got a very extensive history on television. Um, in, in right up to the present day, uh, lots of I think he's a British director because he's he's done like everything from Inspector Morse to um, uh, what's it uh, more recently uh, Doc Martin uh, mm -hmm. and Foils War that sort of stuff. Uh, Lewis he's he's done all all those sort of TV shows. So this is something very different. I think he's done lots of music videos as well. Um, I think it's a very well-made film. As you say, good cast. Donald Sutherland's top build, but he's actually, he's, he's more of an and Donald Sutherland in this because he's mm. he's actually in it more than I thought he was going to be. Um, come, coming back to it, I thought, oh, do I remember him being in it that much? Actually, he is, yeah. He's there at the beginning. Uh, he kind of disappears off and uh, sort of turns up at the end. The main characters are played by Julie Warner and Eric Thal. And the plot itself, which is very similar to that whole the whole concept of uh, invasion of body snatch very similar kind of thing invaders and, from mars as well yeah mm. which i haven't seen to be honest really no okay. i haven't seen that one the but i'll just pick up on a point that steve said of like you know it kind of the same thing keeps happening it's kind of like mm. oh mm. this has happened oh everything's all right oh rinse and repeat <laughs> here it happens again but we varied it oh there it's gone again um and it's uh, maybe it does that a bit too much. I think the visual effects are really good, the the aliens and, and stuff. I think it's it's a really really solid, entertaining you know like hour and a half ish, uh, alien invasion movie. Certainly better than some of the stuff that I can recall seeing recently. I mean, take the Daniel Craig version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which was just called the Invasion hmm. uh, with Nicole Kidman. I don't remember no, it at all. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, but but you know like this this was this uh, and say that I think although they went direct to video or whatever I think ninety three ninety four was like a really cool year for for the, for these alien these you know alien invasion movies they're, they're, they're two of my favourites absolutely and uh, yeah it was really good to see this again and say it does look really good the plot's really good Dan, Donald Sutherland is great obviously he's doing his typical um, being an arsehole, <laughs> being mm -hmm. the arsehole in charge a bit like he was doing in like uh, Outbreak and everything. And uh, yeah. um, and the fact that he's you know it's more it's more than stunt casting you know you think oh it's they've just got him in because of the body snatchers association you know it's, yeah. it, it seems like stunt casting but he actually does something really fun uh, and interesting with the role and makes sort of little dry jokes and stuff and he he does bring something more to the film and uh, yeah it's mm -hmm. 
it's well worth a look. So I mentioned earlier um, some guy, saw Detective Munch, um, played by uh, Richard Belzer, um, who's on Homicide, oh, yeah. Life in the Streets, as, yes. as well as uh, Law and Order, SVU. Um, we've yeah, also he, got, he's we've really got Keith David, P- Will Patton, I Marshall know. Bell, Yafit Koto. Mm, yeah. Loads see, of people in there. See, so Will Patton, I was, I was staring at him going, I know that guy. And I couldn't pick, put my finger on it for the whole thing. And the, the, near, the closest I can come to it was um, he was in Armageddon. And I was saying, it's, it's that guy from Armageddon. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was it. And I could, but I couldn't put the name to it. Um, and the Halloween was, Kills most recently. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Solid cast. A really good, um, really, really good little entertaining sort of film. Um, and, and as you say, you know, some good sort of practical effects uh, with, with the alien and stuff. Um, quite a unique sort of design, you know, not sort of thing we'd sort of seen before, really, outside of Star Trek. But there you go. Um, yeah, this very solid, entertaining film. It's on um, Disney Plus uh, under the Stars Network. Um, definitely worth checking out. We'll um, put the trailer in the footnotes as usual. Go check it out. And that is the end of this week's episode. So thanks to Steve and Rich for joining us as usual. Thank you for having me and letting me waffle on. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, good old blonde purple. That's going to go down the end, I think, that one. Um, so don't forget to check out the links in the footnotes for the trailers and the short shot. Uh, check us out on our um, Twitter and Facebook pages at the DTV Digest. Also check out the Short Shots um, Twitter page where we put a recommendation for a new um, short film every night. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.